Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Good evening, everybody. It's Wednesday, and you know what that means. It's Alice McCarthy's Wrestling Daily SP3 in the house with me. We are going to talk some wrestling news, uh, the graps that have been going on this week and beyond. We'll get to your ultra chats as well, as you can see at the bottom, wrestletalk.com forward slash wrestling daily. And we might even have a debate or two. Uh, thank you very much for joining us once again. Brody is in the house on a Wednesday night, as you can see with the shirt. Uh, SP3, man, how are you? I am doing great. I am happy to be back on Wrestling Daily. You you guys have been going in with the huge guest on the show, you know, Josh Barnett, uh, SRS. It's just, it's just I, I feel like my, my, my star power is getting greater by even being associated with these people being on the same show. But I'm happy that it's Wednesday again and be back here with my brother from a white mother. <laughs> is my mum white? You don't know. You're guessing. <laughs> That's true. That's true. You're that, guessing. That's true. I, mean, I, I shouldn't I mean, assume. I shouldn't assume. It would, it would be sta- I mean, it would be staggering if she wasn't, right? Like, because <laughs> I am white. But you know, I'll let you have that one. I'll let you have it. My 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 parents are extremely white. But yes, I am back with the brother himself. You've been getting rubs left, right, and center anyway. SP3. I've told you this, man. You need to set up your own Twitter handle. What's going on? We need the SB3 handle. It, 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 it's in the making. By next, by I am saying it right now, by next Wednesday, I will have the SP3 Twitter handle. It will be separate from True Hill Heat. We were separating church and state starting next Wednesday. Ooh, let me tell you, look, the man is branching out. And look, WrestleScope says SP3 is far greater than SRS. <laughs> wow. There you go. He's gone straight in with it. Um, listen, I think it's about... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's about time, man. Like, the True Who Heat thing is great. I love the way you review every show that happens ever. Uh, but I do think people want want the man himself, SP3. You know, it's, it's time. It's time you arrived. You, you're, your following is criminally low. Criminally low for, for what you do, I think. I, I, I appreciate that, and I think you I think you're right. So I'm gonna take your guidance, and I'm gonna put it put it to the computer in the on the Twitter machine. I haven't steered you young, wrong yet, mate. 
Live is TG Rob. So thank you everyone for joining us again tonight for the Wrestling Daily. We did have, it was late by a second. I don't know if there's problems now either end. Like SBC, you're a bit fuzzy for me uh, visually, but I don't know how everyone else is seeing that. Um, For some reason, it said the traffic was high when we were trying to start the broadcast. So just an FYI, if, um, if there are problems, Get in the comments and let us know, and um, I I will pest Mod Mother Jenna to do something because I'm useless. So there you have it. Uh, let's get things moving along with a bit of news. Now, you know, we like to kick off the show with the titular news, so anyone coming to the video doesn't have to wait long to get the goods. Tonight, we're talking about what the backup plans were for the Royal Rumble. It seems that WWE had a lot of people in attendance, uh, and it would be... Although on the surface, you're like, oh, that's probably not clever, but it probably is because anyone could get sick at any point. So they obviously had to have people at the ready to step in for the respective rumbles. Fightful Select have come through with the report. That'd be the boy, SRS. Uh, SP3, who is greater than, please let us know what the deal is. Well, Fightful Select was the ones that uh, broke the news about a couple of different people that were out of action for the Raw Rumble. We got reports that Jay Uso was absent from the Raw Rumble 2021 due to not being medically cleared. Of course, we know the situation with Mia Yim and uh, Keith Lee. Mia Yim testing positive for COVID-19. And of course, Keith Lee living with her. He's He was removed from the same, uh, the same pay-per-view as well. And now they also added Robert Roode was also originally supposed to be a part of the Raw Rumble, and he was removed as well, And but the reasoning is unknown. They also reported uh, today that the alternates for the Raw Rumble that were in the building were Murphy and Cedric Alexander of the Hurt Business. Both guys were in the building. They just weren't used. And they also said that Montez Ford was also in the building, but there was a note that he was never listed as an alternate for the Royal Rumble 2021. So like you said, it does make sense for WWE to have these people in the back in case something happens, in case someone arrives at the building and tests positive and they have to be removed from such a big show. They have to have that, you know, plan B, plan C in the background. So I, I love this on the part of WWE because they're actually planning something ahead of time and, and making making a backup plan for stuff. This is this is this is quite remarkable for WWE and the standards that they have set. Pro- progressive, yeah. <laughs> uh no doubt. And we've seen as well uh, a lot of people were like perplexed by the women's Royal Rumble photo that Casey Catanzaro was in. My girl. And uh it turns out that you know Naomi had said on her Instagram that they had been working through the spots together, which is pretty incredible when you think about it. Casey's relative newcomer to the business and she's out here teaching people what to do. Um, I think she had something to do with what Bianca and Naomi did together. So that's very cool. And one would think she was probably there as well. If anything went awry, she would have stepped into the breach. So yeah, all for it. All for WWE being ultra prepared. And um, I think we've touched on this before, but the Rumble was a hit for me. The Rumble was, uh, the women's Rumble in particular, I know this isn't really hyperbole because there's only been four, but I think it's the best one they've done yet. I thought it was the best Rumble of the night. Um, and, I, and I was happy with the way the pay-per-view turned out, man. Like, I think we've seen with the financials and the ratings, a lot of people were like, oh, like the Thunderdome. I don't know if that's a great idea, but I would say, and this is probably a debate for another time, they have not missed in the Thunderdome era. Every pay-per-view has been great. Now, they've missed TVs, sure. Every pay-per-view, though, has been really, really good, I think. 
I I have to agree. Like dating back from SummerSlam, I think the only one that wasn't like very good or great was Payback, and that was only because that was like a week after SummerSlam, so it didn't give us any time to anticipate anything or build matches for that actual show. But every other pay per view, they hit on. Did we get the Roman title win there though? Didn't we? Did we? That is true. That is true. We got we got the Roman title win. We got uh Shayna and Nia winning the the women's tag team titles. So at least, at least they could say something noteworthy has happened on all the pay per views of the Thunderdome era for the most part, and they've always had at least one great match on most of these shows. So I yes. can agree with you there, and I also agree the women's Raw Rumble was better than the men's Raw Rumble. The men's Raw Rumble, I think the main reason why the women's was better is because throughout the whole 30 participant, everyone felt like a star in some type of way. If not a star overall in the wrestling, you know, in the wrestling world, they're a star on their brand. Like someone like Shotzi Blackheart or Tony Storm. When they came out, they felt like stars of NXT. Even someone like Billy Kay, who has not had like, great matches and stuff like that she was a star in that match and she her just comedic timing was on display and then the final two this was just a portrait of the future of women's wrestling for the wwe and it was just a beautiful portrait and bianca belair coming out on top my mind and my body and my heart coming together and picking bianca belair was right in the end yes oh kelly knew he knew uh there's not much he knows but he knew that and let me tell you something, uh, Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair, I said this before the actual um, event started. I just said, let's go, Bianca, let's go, Rhea. That's the two I wanted. So imagine how much I loved it when you see those two as the final two, man. And I thought it was perfect that the one person before that was Charlotte. So I thought um, it was magnificently well done. I liked that uh, Billy Kay was like a thread of the early rumble like you know I, I guess you could not the same but the same way Brock Lesnar and the men last year was like the narrative Billy Kay was kind of bringing stuff together for the women and it was funny and entertaining yeah she made um there's probably a, I saw on Twitter there's a whole lot of fans who probably didn't even know who Gillian Hall was right yeah. but they enjoyed what she was doing with Billy so I you know I thought it was very well done I really really enjoyed it I love my rumbles to have narratives kind of woven in and stuff happening throughout and um i was gonna say the billy k reminded me of heath slater 2018 men's royal rumble Mm -hmm. yeah that that thread that that was like the comedy thread that billy k was following and i think that they both did excellent in those roles yeah oh man I'm, i'm a big billy k fan i hope great things happen for her um yeah can't argue with anything that happened to rumble there i think when it comes to the baby views we would say I, I might argue that every pay-per-view bar payback, and that's probably still above a seven, you know, everything else yeah. is maybe above a 7.5 and eight. Like it's a very high standard. I honestly believe that since they've been in the Thunderdome era, uh, I, I came away from the rumble really happy. So yeah, uh, I can't, yeah. can't argue. Can't argue. <laughs> Jilly and Billy. We hardly knew thee. We hardly knew thee. I heard uh, Billy and Billy. Yeah. <laughs> Give them a run. God damn it. Uh, it's a good time to remind you guys that we are at our new home of Wrestling Daily on YouTube. So if you haven't liked and subscribed yet, what are you doing? Please come and hit those buttons that we need you to press. And uh, yeah, we need to get that following that we had on Wrestle 2 back over to Wrestling Daily. So please do join us. This is where you'll find all of our content moving forward. Also, 
being that it's Wednesday, SB3 and I will be having a debate of sorts today. And it's Valentine's Day week. That's, uh, so I feel like this is like almost the famous last words. Um, so we're going to talk greatest wrestling couple. Now, there's a lot of avenues that can go down. Um, but, yes, I we are going to get into that. And SB3 is going to rattle off a list for us to go into. And also, guys, get your opinions in. You know how we do it with the Ultra Chats. WrestleTalk.com forward slash wrestling daily. Give us your Ultra Chats. Let's talk about some comments. Let's get things going. Um, shall we just kick off with, with the Valentine's Day stuff, SP3? Why that? Why that? So, I will let you set the table here. Uh, who, who asked some of the couples who should be in that conversation? Who gets to sit at the table of the greatest in the business? Mm, so, so, you know... I, I was going to ask you, and I, I think it's be- perfect to ask you on air if we're going, like, I think we should do all time because I said greatest wrestling sure. couple. So, we, of course, we got to do all time. But, of course, we could talk about, like, the the current era of, of wrestling couples, you know, because I think the, the current era is really, like, re- reality. Uh, no, are imitating reality because all the couples are real for the most part. From your your Karrion Cross and your Scarlet Bordeaux to your Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae, I think like in recent memory, the only quote unquote wrestling couple like made in wrestling was really Otis and Mandy. Otis and Mandy were like a storyline written couple brought in all the other couples are like real life couples that come over so you got your montez ford and your bianca belair and all of them translate well from being in reality to being on tv except of course for congratulations to the new parents seth rollins and becky lynch because that did not translate on television at all but it wasn't even really their fault it was just oh. it was the way they anyway. were written. yeah the the way they're written and booked. Of course, of course, I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention my favorite current wrestling couple, the newest written wrestling couple, Ric Flair and Lacey Evans. Oh. Of course. <laughs> you know what? I nearly jumped in when you said we haven't seen one in a while. And I was like, hmm, I don't know. Uh, uh, apparently, it's not that SP3. You heard the man. You heard him on Monday. I- I, I was close. I was close to picking them though. Until Flair cut that promo, I was gonna pick them. I was gonna pick Flair and Evans, my favorite wrestling couple. But, <laughs> but I am going to go with a classic with the goat. When you think wrestling couples, if you've been a wrestling fan for the past twenty five years, thirty years, thirty five years, you think of one couple. The cream rises to the top. And it is the Macho Man, Randy Savage, and Miss Elizabeth. They are the pioneers of wrestling couples. Just the introduction with Savage going through the managers and picking his his wife, Elizabeth, to be his escort, his manager by him. All the storylines from the 80s involving George the Animal Steel. You got the great uh, WrestleMania 8 buildup with Ric Flair. They had such great detailed uh storylines based off their couple 
And this was this was this was the reason why Macho Man, in a lot of ways, never really needed the WWF title. He needed the WWF title to solidify that he was the star in WWE or one of the stars because Hogan was never going to let him be the star. But <laughs> one of the stars, one of the stars of WWE, he needed to win that title at WrestleMania four. But in all honesty, Macho Man Randy Savage never needed the title because his storylines always used to revolve around Miss Elizabeth somebody looking at miss elizabeth somebody going for miss elizabeth somebody uh attacking miss elizabeth Jake and, that is, and that is our imitating reality once again by the way <laughs> exactly 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 the fact that they use how macho was in reality with miss elizabeth as the basis of their characters that's why they are remembered and that's why they are the pioneers of all wrestling couples yeah, I mean, I know this is meant to be a debate, but like, <laughs> what, what am I meant to say? Who's who in, who in their right mind is going to go go against Macho Man and Miss Elizabeth? There's, there's uh, one. There's one. I I I, I should have asked you before we went on who were you going to pick because I I I do have a compelling argument for one couple. All right, well, I'll hear it out in a minute. I mean, I'll, I guess I'll make some cases for other people. Like, you could make an argument from a different standpoint. That Triple H and Stephanie, of course, they are a very good argument. Uh, and I don't just mean that because they're real life and what they've done behind the scenes. But the he McMahon Helmsley era, like that faction was actually a really compelling time in WWE in the Attitude Era. And you could make an argument that they were pivotal to making The Rock to Chris Jericho, Chris Jericho and Stephanie in, in particular, by the way. But that whole the character so. was all born out of the, un the union with Triple H. You know, Stephanie was on TV for like a minute before that happened, getting kidnapped by Taker and stuff. But um, she was just the sweet and innocent Stephanie McMahon. Um, oh, daddy. Uh, that's all that was. And then she really came into her own, to the surprise of pretty much everyone, by the way, how natural she was um, when she aligned with Triple H. Triple H also went to the next level. He might have anyway, but... I'm just saying that was the time that really elevated his character. Um, and it, although a lot of people have kind of said down the years, Triple H Golden Shovel, Stephanie loves to slap the shit out of people. I understand what you're saying, guys. But as I just made, as I just said, they have helped elevate a lot of people along the way as well. Um, and I mean, they've done that together in that time period. So Kurt Angle being another one who was in the middle of the love triangle with Triple H and Stephanie, led to his first WWE title. So I'm giving you real-life examples here, people, of the effect of the McMahon-Helmsley faction. And I, obviously, I think, I know people are hot and cold on NXT at the minute, but I think Triple H has done amazing to build that brand to what it is today, either way, from nothing. It was a game show. And look what he's made that. Is it like, you know, the... the um, the legacy now of the takeovers is incredible. So, you know, you have to look at what him and Stephanie have put together there behind the scenes to make WWE better in front of our eyes and behind the scenes. Um, did they have the highs of Miss Elizabeth and Macho Man? I mean, there's different cases to be made, but I do think that, I do think they're different, but I do think Stephanie and Triple H maybe deserve a bit more respect than they get in this realm. I think that it's a two horse race. I think that's the best argument against Macho Man and Elizabeth because for for all the stuff I could say about Triple H, and there is a bunch of stuff because I've never been a Triple H fan, and I don't, I don't, I I do respect what he's done for the business, but 
just a lot of the stuff that we didn't see in front of the camera makes me just be like, I can't go all the way and call myself a Triple H guy. But there's no denying the impact that Stephanie and Triple H's relationship had on the superstars during the Attitude Era. From, like you said, The Rock, Chris Jericho, Kurt Angle, even someone like uh, Mick Foley. I think Mick Foley was already a star when he interacted with them, but his star got elevated to another level when he interacted with the McMahon Hubsley uh, regime. So I, I can't argue with that at all. I think Macho and Liz are in the lead, but just behind them is Triple H and Stephanie. But there is one more couple that I feel deserves some recognition. The can, greatest... I say, can I just say before you say this, that the only guy who who didn't benefit from the McMahon Hubsley faction was poor Billy Gunn. Nothing went right for that man. And let me tell you, I've said this before. He is one of the most athletically gifted superstars there's ever been who hasn't got to that top level. Like, he, that man's genetics are insane. Uh, okay, all right, he's not the best promo you've ever seen. But uh, I feel like th- th- there was around that era and then, like, we never really saw him. Yeah, he came back as the one Billy Gunn and all that. But the McMahon-Helmsley yeah. faction from DX into that, he, he got injured. And then it just never worked out for him again. I know he had Billy and Chuck, right? Which is another couple to talk about. Um, But he went from, I'm feuding, I'm winning King of the Ring. I'm feuding with The Rock. We're going into 2000. Nothing. (laughs) And and you could say, you could even say for all the good they did for Chris Jericho, they they counteracted that in the buildup to WrestleMania 18. Oh my God. With our undisputed champion being a dog walker. So Man, I, I still remember that, like the, the backstage one, he's like standing by the limo, right? That one. And Stephanie's got the dog and that like, who in the hell wrote that? For the champion, nonetheless. But the, cha- the champion was a third wheel in a storyline. So if you think Asuka's got it bad, go back and watch Chris Jericho <laughs> in that storyline. <laughs> so- I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm going to have some like uh, credible entries that I enjoyed personally after you give us the the third on the podium. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. 
millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So, the third on the podium, the, the bronze medal, is the greatest love story to have happen outside of WWE and that is the story of Kenny Omega and Kota Obushi, the golden lovers. Yes, that is and, and you and you set me up for the perfect segue where you said Billy and Chuck cuz that was that was the stereotypical way of doing it, the the well detailed, the well layered storyline for Four years they built it up from 2014 to 2018 when they reunited. The story of the Golden Lovers is one of the best storylines in professional wrestling history. That I I am going as far as to say that because these guys kept denying we don't want to be in wrestling matches. We don't want to be on opposite sides of the tag team. The fact that they did that, they protected that storyline. So when they reunited at New Beginning, oh, three years ago now, at New Beginning uh, in 2018, literally you saw fans in the crowd crying, crying because they had wanted this for so long. Two guys that just came together for their love of professional wrestling and they created the love together. The, the, the borderline, how they played with it, not really going into the stereotypical, making it about love. It's a love for professional wrestling that created a love between them. It's so detailed. It's such a, a great thing to bring in LGBTQ uh, community into professional wrestling. I know so many so many of the LGBTQ uh, plus community that love professional wrestling and they go and they talk about this storyline because of how intricate it was made, how detailed, how layered. And for four years to build it up and to come to that moment, I put that moment on, on the same pedestal as Macho and Liz's reunion and WrestleMania 7. Oh, that reunion though. Yeah, I mean, I am... Um... I watched the Kenny Omega documentary at Starcast, right? At the yeah. first Double or Nothing, where Kenny actually answered questions about it and everything. It was awesome. It was awesome. And that goes into great detail about everything that SB3 was just saying. So I highly recommend everybody watch that if you can. And I can't, again, argue with that. And um, yeah, I, I think as, definitely because it strays from what traditional or whatever, um, you know, what you or what you were trained to think was a love story in wrestling to that point. Mm -hmm. I think it, it was amazingly, amazingly well done. Um, I'm just going to go through the chat here because there are, there are, <laughs> there are some absolutely ridiculous ones that I, I, uh, <laughs> that, that, that I am enjoying here. So, of course. Elizabeth knows. Elizabeth Stallion says, match a man and Miss Elizabeth. Uh, Stone Gremlin says, Kane and Katie Vick. That did not have a happy ending, Stone Gremlin. We got to go through worse wrestling couples now. <laughs> yes. I mean, I don't want to get into how that ended, but uh, Triple H. Kane, Kane could have a top 10 himself. Kane and Katie Vick. Kane and Tori. Kane yeah. and Lita. Uh, <laughs> the only good relationship he had, now you can't even say Undertaker, was Daniel O'Brien. Daniel O'Brien was the only good relationship that he had. 
I mean, I don't know if that was healthy either on the surface. Like, you know, this guy, this is a troubled guy. Uh, it, it was with China for a while. Do you remember that? The corporation? Yeah. It was like, <laughs> oh, only China can sort out Kane, apparently. Since when? What do you mean? Uh, Vincent Mann's like, I'm going to send you back to this insane asylum. Apparently, you can do that willy-nilly. And China was like, no, no, leave me with Kane. What? That was that was a weird time in wrestling. That was yeah. Never mind. Um, what else have we got going on here? Billy and Chuck, Mayor of Painesville, Dan. They it, uh, this is a shoot. They were good together. They were. They were very good. I still love the segment where they do the pose down. I believe it's with Tori Wilson. Ah, who's the other one? Was it Stacey Keebler? Yeah, yeah, maybe. No, it was I definitely think. Tory Wilson. Definitely, because Tory was always in those things on SmackDown. Yeah, obviously, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, the reason I'm hesitating is because I remember Stacey was on Raw in that period, so I'm thinking probably not. So, and then, and and uh, Tory had the thing with Sable, but I don't think it was Sable. I think no, it probably was either Stacey Keebler or Don Marie. I want to say. I'm looking. I'm looking there, there you go. <laughs> why, why do you do that? It's, it, this brings up an interesting conversation I had on True Hill Heat YouTube channel. We call it AE Recap. We review Dynamite. We talked about the greatest wrestling weddings because it that was one. Stacey Keebler. I there knew it. Go. There you I go. Right there, you go. I will argue Billy and Chuck have the greatest wrestling wedding. I, I'm just saying from 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 how it was booked to the different gags they had and then Brother. the. No Brother. payoff was better outside of Stephanie and Triple H because that was a twist. But I would say the payoff for Billy and Chuck's pay, uh, wedding is the best, in my opinion. The reveal of Bischoff is unbelievable. I remember watching that at the time, like, what? Uh, it was just incredible the way they did that. And Stephanie sold that like a champ as well. The whole thing. And you got three minute war. Yeah, everything about it was awesome. You're right, though. The, the Who the hell would have seen the Triple H? No, coming. nobody <laughs> saw that, and like that was just one of them. Like, you come away from the episode, like, what? Like, when Roy used to be able to do that to you, you'd be like, what just happened? Um, that was an amazing one. And you know what? I was a big test guy at the time. I was, oh man, they've done him dirty. Look at this young stallion, he had it all, he's been ripped away. Oh man, uh, yeah, yeah, if we cut from a different time, mate. Uh, the best couple was very sad and moppy. Do you remember how moppy? Died. Yes, yes. Wasn't he thrown in like a wood chipper? He was. He was. <laughs> Bloody Raven. That goddamn Raven. <laughs> I, believe, I believe Terry Reynolds was an accessory to that crime as well. It wasn't. Yes. Uh, it wasn't pleasant. Dean Ambrose and Payne. <laughs> <laughs> no, that sucked. That it sucked be, it so bad. Dean Ambrose and vaccinations. Yes, Dean Ambrose <laughs> and the doctor. Yeah, I'm here getting my shots. It's awful. So bad. Oh my god, so bad, so bad. I, I, I mean, Vince has had some. Oh, I'm not. Get, I'm not going to get into it. Uh, Louis Louis Dangour in his lockdown hair. He's had a haircut, by the way. He's he's had yeah. a DIY. Yeah, he showed me yesterday. He, he had the hat on during our show, but afterwards he showed me. He's had like a DIY snip around the sides. It looks okay. Okay is the best I'll give him. Um, Triple H and Stephanie are the couple you are meant to hate. There you go, Bubba. You know yeah. how it works, my friend. Germaphobe team, Sean Rossap and Denise Salcedo, they are, they, are, they are a real couple on Twitter, basically. Even though Sean is quite clearly married and Denise is engaged, they are a wrestling couple, I would say. Yeah. 
Yes, I, I, I would I would agree with that. That's that's a good one. AJ, AJ Styles and Wendy. Wendy. You should have said AJ Styles and Claire Lynch. <laughs> <laughs> that is a fr- now you are throwing it back. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm not even going to read this one out, but it's a very good one. I'm telling you, uh, you should have said the cat. I would have put for the cat. Um, yes. John Silver and Preston Vance. Uh, That's a oh, good one. Oh, there you go. There, there you it go. is. Giles and Claire Lynch in the house. Ah, oh, Mickey and Trish. That's a great shout. Whoever yes. said that. That was a great. Yeah, Corey Galvin, I'll give you your props, my friend. Mickey and Trish. That's a great shout. Uh, yes. For anyone, anyone not aware, and you should be, uh, Mickey James, of course, was and that was the way she came in as like the super fan of Trish, and then she like tried to kiss her backstage and stuff. It was good. I'm so I know to be to like young people today, they probably think that sucks, but it's, it was good, wasn't it? Wow. SV3. It's, and, it's it led, the- and it led to uh, Mickey James winning the title at Mania. It's the best woman's WrestleMania buildup ever, ever. Then I, 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 I am, I am saying the word ever because I don't feel like any woman's storyline was that detailed over a couple of months and then had the payoff of Mickey James winning. Of course, we will not see it in its full entirety on the WWE Network because of Mickey's uh, little grab at the end. But still, <laughs> yeah. great, great moment. Great moment, great feud. One of my favorite feuds of the Ruthless Aggression era. I love Mickey James. Let that be known for eternity. I think she's hella underrated. Um, but there you have it. Uh, up down Everdale, I did see this, by the way. May Young and whoever's hand that was. Now, let me stipulate this for a second. Similarly to what SB3 said at the top of the broadcast, you would have assumed the hand might have been black because it was Mark Henry. <laughs> was the fact that it was some, a fully grown, by the way, white hand, is, was did, was it an affair? What was it? What were they trying to tell us? SP three. I, I think you're on to something. You're on to thing here. I mean, I mean, she did uh have a relationship later on with Mean Gene Oakland, as we saw at <laughs> WrestleMania twenty. So was Mean Gene uh t- putting his hand in the cookie drawer by, <laughs> while the sexual chocolate while sexual chocolate was with Mae Young? Oh man. Scandal, scandal revealed right here on Wrestling Daily. Yeah, you heard it. Here. I don't. I mean, Gino, uh, he can't defend himself, so I don't want to speak too ill of him. But man, like, was he? La- he was. <laughs> We're trying to say Gene. Gene was laying pipe in two thousand. That's what was happening. And he was in. The- <laughs> WCW. He was still. In yeah, WCW. he wasn't even there. <laughs> Also, who, 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 who would sneak up on Mark Henry's woman, by the way? That's a giant set of bollocks you got to have there. Wow. Mean this Gene a, was always, always uh, uh, a bad mofo. That's all I got to say. It, that, that is a layered storyline that we hadn't even explored properly. Um, I'm going to offer some that I just personally enjoyed now because I said I was going to. Um, China and Eddie Guerrero deserve a shout. Because um, I feel like for both of them, it was like a pivotal time where they both rose and they did it together and it was super popular, right, at that time. And, um, you know, China went on to do the Playboy stuff and whatever and it helped her grow to more than, you know, she she'd kind of reached the status where it was like, you know, she won the Intercontinental title and stuff. It was like, are you really going to push her to the next one? 
You know, it was like, how much can you really do with her? And they found Eddie being the, the charisma man that he, that he was, they found the perfect partner for them to, uh, and it really helped lift them both off. It's a shame that it took Eddie like another kind of year away and some addiction problems, get fired, then come back to really find who he was. But in 2000, I feel they were one of, if not the most popular act in the company. And that's saying something when you consider, well, not the most popular, we're talking The Rock and that, but I mean a couple, because Triple H and Stephanie were so dominant. Um, but China and Eddie were like the anti-couple that were so, so popular. They really were. Like they, uh, I, I still remember uh, Eddie taking her to his prom. Uh, before backlash 2000 and then pulling up in the in the prom dress and the in the tuxedo where he, burst, <laughs> where he burst sa rios like this was that i think the that combination really put eddie on a different level like he was known as a great wrestler but this is where he had the opportunity to kind of show that he had this charisma that was just waiting to break out you have to imagine that's where maybe Vince fell in love with Eddie Guerrero. I, yeah. I like to imagine that because that is the sort of stuff that Vince would have gone absolutely crazy for. So uh, I think they deserve a shout. I've got another one for you. Jamie Noble and Nidia. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah I agree. <laughs> oh, Nidia. Go on, girl. <laughs> Get in there, girl. Like, uh, Jamie Noble was hilarious in this period of time, by the way. Again, if you watch SmackDown around 2002 or something, um, and I believe that's when they were together, yeah. they they were like a staple of the show. Every week, hilarious. Uh, Jamie Noble was like, I mean, again, we, Jamie Noble was one of the best minds in the business today, putting matches together and, and producing in WWE. But people forget he was a great worker, hilarious, hilarious guy. And Nidia played the role perfectly too. It was like this weird kind of cuckold almost but you know he was like protective too but then he was like paying people to sleep with it was hilarious stuff man again you wouldn't actually probably get away with today but like back then my lord uh if they were two people who really had nothing like nidia had come from tough enough i've, I've said that confidently and i think it's true mm -hmm. yeah, and uh, of course jamie noble was like one of the small players they'd got from the buyout and they made it come together and they became an important and one of the funniest parts of SmackDown. They really brought like character work to that to that cruiserweight division at that time because the cruiserweight division was new. Of course, you had your your Rey Mysterio, but Rey Mysterio at the time was spending time in the tag team division, a part of the SmackDown Six with uh, Edge, Los Guerrero, uh, Chris Benoit, and Kurt Angle. So this was really so what brought cruiserweight action like to TV every single week consistently the stuff with them and uh billy gunn and tory wilson were were great that was where the whole cuckold thing where he yes. kind of it kind of seemed like he wanted billy to have <laughs> to, go, to go to go at it with nidia great stuff just great stuff and then even their their breakup with uh nidia being blind and stuff like that <laughs> it, just kept, it, kept, it kept being entertaining in, in weird weird ways i don't think i don't know if it would be quite as entertaining as funny looking back on it now because of the man on woman violence but outside of that this especially them as a couple great funny stuff yeah i i think um <clears throat> like a lot of what we're saying right i think god imagine twitter was around it probably would have got like crucified but honestly it was good fun stuff and sometimes i watch wrestling now and it's not that um, it's not that i've like grown out of it i just don't think the stuff is as good like comedy wise as yeah. it was 
back then. That's just my opinion. I feel, no, more often than not on Raw, I think they get comedy wrong. Um, so, uh, but when done right, I'm, I'm unashamed. Like, you know, people are like, I want to watch wrestling. But when fun stuff like that is done right, I'm all here for it, man. I always am. Um, I want to talk about Edge quick. Yeah. Because Edge, Edge has got two that you could make the case for. And Lita being one, and she obviously arrived at a very pivotal time for Edge. Now, I don't know. She did play her role on TV, but you would argue, I would, that the real life stuff really gave Edge the heat that helped take it to the next level and made him who he was. If they had just come together as an on-screen couple and there was none of this outside stuff, I don't know if it would have been as vociferous. Um, So I think... But nonetheless, it was a game changer. That is what made Edge a main eventer. Lita by his side was an important component of that. But I also seriously enjoyed Vicky Guerrero and Edge because the manipulation, you know, how Edge was kind of, you know, the ultimate opportunist and how he was staying in this position and he was cozying up to Vicky, who who was doing her best to kind of like look gross. But, you know, she was the boss in the video. You know, it was just amazing stuff. So I guess I want everyone's take, like, what was more important or what was better done? Because I would argue Lita was more important, but the actual chemistry and maybe the better acting, you know, I don't know. But you can make the case that Vicky and Edge were actually the more effective couple. Don't know. I, I would agree. I, I would say that Edge's better relationship was with uh, Vicky Guerrero because it really gave him another like layer to his character because we thought he was like this fully developed character uh, when he got to the main event scene, when he cashed in money in the bank on John Cena. But once Lita was gone, he needed that little extra something because you created something with the whole rated R superstar persona that he needed a female to be attached to. But this allowed him, I think that the ultimate opportunist, of course there was the cash in on Undertaker, but I feel like the ultimate opportunist as a character was fully developed when he got with Vicky Guerrero and just taking taking every opportunity that re- that relationship brought to him just made that character come to life. And I would argue that Lita's better relationship was with Matt Hardy because I feel like that separated Matt from Jeff originally that was the first thing ever that made matt different from jeff outside of not being the crazy lunatic who flies off the ladder like he was the more in a lot of a lot of fans eyes at that time he was like the boring one he was the more grounded of the two hardy boys but not as interesting as jeff but with lita he became that much more interesting and he started getting storylines on himself he got a european title run he got title runs hardcore title runs out of that relationship so that I feel like that was more important to even Lita's career than than uh, the whole Edge storyline. I mean, real life without real life, I don't think that we would remember Edge and Lita as fondly as we remember. No, not at all. Nor would Edge and Matt Hardy have got his heart. Like it was just everything about it was a perfect storm, really. Unless you're Matt Hardy. This is an important thing from James Duggan. Can't wait for True Who Heat Tip 1K. Come on, guys. Get your way over to True Who Heat's YouTube channel and press subscribe if you like what our boy SB3 is bringing to the table. Um, 18 away. 18 away. So help us out. 18. 
18 away. Well, now, I think I'm already subscribed, but I'm going <laughs> to look now because if I, if if I'm not, then that's a that's a heinous crime. Uh, let me just so true. Got to double check. Oh, it's come out. It's gonna... come up. It's come up. Uh, oh God, damn it! Right there, you go. Uh, there we go. Subscribed. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Yes. So Appreciate there you go. You're that. now you're fifth. You're fourteen away. I think. Ooh. There you go. Everyone, Lovely. everyone, go ahead and do that, man. We need the love for True Hill Heat. Uh, yeah, I must say, <clears throat> for Lita. Uh, the, the apex, I think, was just with the Hardy Boys, full stop. And then when they yeah. started um, teasing the love interests, because it wasn't like it wasn't uh, to begin with. It was just like three daredevils, right? It wasn't very. It wasn't clear that Lita was kind of with either one of them. Um, and then I remember, I think Matt kissed her on the ramp, maybe two thousand and one, after a I match, and two thousand, two thousand. I think like late two thousand, if I'm not mistaken. Because yeah. you know, 2001, we we ended with the the first failed Hardy's feud. Yes, no, I do recall that. Um, so yeah, I, I remember them them together, and I also remember the first teasers like Trish was trying to get hold of the Hardy Boys, and yeah. that was like that was like a feud where it was like, whoa, hang on a minute. So um, it's interesting though what you say about Jeff and Matt. Um, I always felt like so Jeff has like this insane like aura like charisma that just kind of pours off of him it's it's not like it's not like the rock when he walks into a room and commands it or the way he talks jeff is by all accounts in this era jeff was an awful promo not just bad like really bad i thought um but he the way he worked and the connection that he had with the crowd that really made him special he had that special charisma that only a few performers can get from just performing Matt is far more intelligent and thought out as a performer, in my opinion. He's very clever. He's very inventive and creative. I know time would go on to tell us this. But even back then with like Mattitude, the Matt Facts, when he was like sizing down to be a cruiserweight and stuff, like I, I always thought Matt was hella underappreciated in that era. And it was partly because Jeff was so beloved. Yeah, I, I he really overshadowed Matt. Like I, I think it was you're you're definitely right. Like the cruiserweight title run, him trying to cut weight, the Matt facts. That was the first time that people were like, oh, like like Matt actually has character. Like he actually mm. has something else to bring to the table than doing a ladder match. So I I do agree there, and I I, I would even argue that Matt and Shannon Moore, the original MFer, is a better relationship than Matt and Lita. Yeah, no, you're not going to get an argument from me there. By the way, Adam Pearson is right here. It was after Lita beat Demolenko, which is yeah. 2000. I forgot about Dean Malenko's uh, advances on Lita. The uh, ladies' man. He, the ladies' man, Dean Malenko. And you can barely hear him because his voice is like the deepest voice in the history of voices. Oh, Lita, Lita. Like, I mean, come on, Dean. I've interviewed him before and it's hard. It's hard. I'm like, I can't even tell what this man is saying right now. Um but yeah, the ladies' man, Demolenko. Like, do you remember Mark Henry was going after China? Do you remember that? Yes, yes. That that and and we had uh, what was what was the her name? Stevie or something like that? Was it or Charlie or something? The the uh, uh transgender. The oh yeah yeah yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, uh, it's, it's, it's like a guy's name. It's not hitting me right now. But that man, 
like the 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 Mark you know, and, and China storyline. That that we can we can have a whole podcast on that because <laughs> that is like ninety nine going into two thousand, and now my mind is like spilling. Ryan Shamrock, right? That's another one where. Uh, so so the weird thing about this, and I correct me if I'm wrong, Ken was with her in real life at this point, I believe, having read his autobiography, and she was portraying his sister on screen. And Val Venus, that whole thing. Do you remember BB, the paramedic? Yes, yes. Yeah. It was never, <laughs> never really used. She was just a random paramedic. They just, they just ripped her top every show. And they, she was like, oh, my God. It was like, oh, my goodness. Yeah, and for some reason, they were like, oh, that's BB. Like, well, you know her name, but all right. Um, I feel like there were plans there, and they went awry. I need to, Conrad needs to ask some questions. I need to know about that. Um, anyway. You know, you know what's a funny thing? And I, I, not that many people will mention this, but, you know, we just had her come back at the Royal Rumble, Victoria. Isn't it hilarious that Victoria started off as one of Godfather's hoes? It did. Because you know what? She, she took a bump. And I remember watching that at the time and being like, whoa. And obviously now, because uh, I've, I've, I mean, I've run through the sort of 97 to 04, maybe like, no joke, like four times, like all the way through. Nice. It's just my, it's just my favorite period. If I'm working, I'll invariably have it on in the background, just like, just playing i do i do i generally not just that time period but it's like a habit of mine if i'm throwing something easy on i put something on from there and uh yeah i remember i remember that happening where and when i see her coming down dance with him now i'm like man that's wild <laughs> like how, how did that ever happen uh, you know she must have been going you know i, I can wrestle nah, come on let's get out there let's get out there then will you uh <laughs> All right. Oh, you made it to a thousand, I'm told. Oh, there you go. This Do is why Wrestling Daily is the best show. You guys are such a great community. I appreciate all of you. Thank you so much. You guys are awesome. I will. I will come back on the show one day, SP3, when we're not like the most busiest people in the world. Uh, I will find time. You can on that channel. You can find the, the the couple of times that I've been on there. They are good shows. Make sure you go and check them out. Where the chemistry was born. Where, look at that. Where SP3. That's where, that's where I said, I'm going to scoop that kid up. I'm going to scoop him up. Uh, <laughs> that literally is what happened. Anyway, uh, let's get to the a few ultra chats that we have. Remember, guys, if you want to get them in before the end of the show, now is the time. And congratulate SP3 and give us your opinions. Get Thank them, you, guys. Get them to us. Uh, first up is Mark Board. Hey, Mark. Uh, seems like WWE missed an opportunity with the Sasha telling Bailey, I love you, that they could have possibly taken in a different direction when they did, even in the PG era. Not sure it was uh, ever a possibility and if the women wanted to tell that story. I'm not going to lie. Um, at the time, I remember that being a hot topic. I remember everyone the next day being like, oh, like, what did that mean? Does it mean this? Does it mean that? I mean, I don't think it was as in your face as Lana. And Liv Morgan, which we never got a real answer for. Um, I, am I the only person that enjoyed that? I really enjoyed that wedding. Like, I was arguing that, that that's I, arguably one of the better wrestling weddings. because I like the segment. I just don't like where they went after it. Like, yeah. it was like they crowbarred it, right? And then afterwards, they were like, well, we're not really going to follow up on this. And, you know, that was, that was the thing for me. Where it was like, okay, is Liv Morgan, Lana, is this a thing now? No, it's not. Why isn't it? Never explained. They just had some matches and that was that. Okay. But you're right. In, in isolation, the segment is entertaining. 
entertaining as as everyone played their role exactly what they needed to. Lana was overbearing, Bridezilla, uh, Bobby was the smoldering uh, brolic uh, groom, and then Miro got his moment. <laughs> and Miro got his moment. Miro was finally on top at a wedding. Out of he the he ate a ton of shit during that feud. A ton of it, right? He like for a baby face, it was just naturally getting heat constantly, week after week. And Miro finally got his moment. Um, that's very funny. Uh, I will. Uh, I, 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 for me, I don't think Bailey and Sasha needs to be a love story. Um, that feel very forced and contrived to me. But um, you can love someone and not be. I love SP3, goddammit. Doesn't mean I want to come around and move in. Like, it's, <laughs> you know, there's uh, there's layers to this. So I think that's fine, exploring the layers of love. They don't all have to be romantic. That's fine for me. Uh, I do want to touch on this before I move on. Uh, the brackets for the women's tournament in AEW. Uh, as Matthew Ledesma says here, the Japan side of the tournament, Yuka versus May, Veni versus... Man, there are some matches up there. All I can think of when I look at that SP3... Right, all I can think about is, and I said this on Twitter: give me Yuka versus Thunder. Give it to me. Give me Thunder Rosa and Yuka Sakazaki. That's what I want in the final. I want it to happen. I have great fears though that Yuka won't get it. Uh, I, I hope, honestly, out of everybody on the Japanese side, Yuka is one of the ones that that uh, interests me the most. But May does as well, so I am so upset. That's what I'm worried. I'm like, the first oh round. My God. Come on, come on! They should have been on opposite sides of the bracket. And and the fact, you know, I I listened to uh, Wrestling Observer Radio, and they say May has an entrance where she sings to the ring. I need to see that. I so need to see it. She's, I, she's won already. And her Twitter, she has the best Twitter. I would put her on the the Twitter pendulum of Oni Lorkin and uh, Becky. Becky, <laughs> yeah, Becky. Yeah, they, those are like the top three Twitter machines in the wrestling business. But May, the way she just roasted Jim Cornette on Twitter, bravo, man, bravo. She she roasted him. She was like. And and the fact that Jim Cornette compared this whole tournament to Kenny Omega having fetishes just tells you all, all you need to know about Jim Cornette. Jesus Christ. Like, like I, I, I always hate this caveat. Like, oh, like Jim Cornette, cool. Like what he's done in the business. Cool. Appreciate it. Respect it. But come on, man. That's one of the most out of touch takes I've ever heard. Um Never mind. And the the women's side of the bracket, I don't have it to hand, but I know that it's basically, you know, it's Nyla Rose, Thunder Rosa, Britt Baker, all of the usual suspects are there, I believe. And uh, which caller as well? Rio is back as well yeah. in yeah. that bracket. So, man, that's going to be a good tournament. I can't wait to watch that. YouTube, I believe, if I'm not and, mistaken. And we got Thunder Rosa versus Layla Hirsch on Dynamite tonight for the first right. televised Le match. So that's going to be really Layla Hirsch, uh, graduate of Bloodsport, by the way. We had Josh Barnett on yesterday. So uh, as she goes by, legit Layla, she she really is. I can't, I can't get over how small she is. Like, do you know what I mean? It's jarring. Like, I'm, like when I see her, I think, yeah. damn. And then you and you watch her go and you're like, Jesus, how? Like, it, it's, it's like, you know, I, I guess an even more compact version of Chad Gable, almost. Yeah. Yeah. She, she's like a, a, to me, of like, uh, that's a Gable and Rusev. I feel like just the, way, just the way she moves in the ring, it reminds me of Rusev, but a lot of she hits 
it's it's like Chad Gable. So I think that that's like the, the best um, mix of superstars that I could put for her. And that's not a bad mix for me. I that's an that's a mix I'll enjoy watching. Uh, Mark Board is back again. He says, "Keep feeling better, Alex." Speaking about Japan, is the one, two, three count? A big gap between the two and the three. Something that only certain promotions do. I seem to see a ton of it in women's and mixed tag or intergender matches. Uh, SBC, do you have a particular take on that? Um, I think their cadence is a little bit different in Japan than it is here in the States. I think uh, in the States, it's a little bit faster. And that was because of, you know, the attitude era and the breakout and how important the three, the uh, two count and the near fall became in that era. I just feel like in Japan, they've kept the same cadence since like the 70s and the 80s. So I think that's why it's a little glaring to American or UK fans when they watch Japan and they're just like, okay, they're taking too long in between the one, the two or the two and the three. It's because of that, because they've used the same cadence for 40, 50 years now. Uh, just to get on this, wasn't Jim Connett fired from NWA for saying somewhat uncouth if things on commentary regarding Trevor Murdoch yep. and Chicken? That is putting it lightly. I won't repeat what he said, um, but it was extremely racist. And if yep. he, if anyone who thinks it wasn't is living in a fantasy world, I, I like the fact that he was comfortable saying it to me was alarming in the first place. So yeah, there you, there you have it. Uh, Mark Mullo, this is a good point. Getting back to couples, Rusev and Lana. I mean, listen, true. when Rusev was red hot, Alana was like pivotal to that. Uh, I don't think you can really understate how important that partnership was in a time where WWE were really looking for the next thing. Uh, I know ultimately it was the next thing to feed to John Cena, but um, still in that in that era, I think they deserve their props. SB three. 100% Lana and Rusev, especially Rusev's first year in the company, they were on their way to be in that like quintessential a couple of like a certain era for WWE and they just after the the whole Cena feud they were just like yeah you know what uh never mind let's just make a love triangle with Dolph Ziggler it'll be fine but mentioning Dolph Ziggler one couple that we didn't mention Dolph and AJ Lee I I I I really enjoyed their work together I really I feel like were they a couple yeah yes they were they were Were they I don't I mean kinda um, but you know, Big E was just kind of there, <laughs> you know, elbowing uh, AJ in the face. And yeah, <laughs> like, no matter what they were doing, um, yeah, oh, this is my board, Noam Dan, Alicia Fox, Foxy, <laughs> Alicia, oh. Alicia, oh. Alicia. <laughs> Fox, oh dear me! No, I'm not, By the way, it's hilarious. In, in like, if you, he deserves more. Uh, but anyway, yeah, uh, Dolphin AJ. I, I think when I think AJ, I think Daniel Bryan yeah. is my thing. Um, just because obviously the whole WrestleMania moment and all that stuff. Like, um, ultimately, of course, you know, she would go on to do. You know, she was kissing Kane at one point and um, Punk and all that. Like, do you remember before she became GM? So, um, uh, for the record, yeah, I think she did great with all of them. I thought she's one of the most underrated characters in recent WWE memory. Everything she did worked. But um, I think Brian is probably my most go-to for AJ Lee. 
That's fair. That's definitely fair because that was her original relationship and that was the relationship that started to get her over. So I, I won't argue with you if you say Daniel Bryan that you remember her for. But speaking of her and her love triangles, another famous love triangle, uh, Jericho, Christian, and Trish Stratus over the Canadian. Wow. That, that, I mean, that, that, <laughs> the bet, the bet of all bets that led us to, what was that? Was that Mania 20? Yes. Was it? Yeah. Yep. I, 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 I vividly recall. Because then Jericho fell hard for young Trish and it all got turned around. Because that was, by the way, that was a great swerve that Trish then and, and Christian aligned together at WrestleMania. I want to, was it the opener or the second match? It, yeah, I think it was like the second match. It was like it was, it was early. Cena and show. Cena and show. Right. It, yeah. I remember it being early. Uh, and I remember being like, whoa, okay. Like I thought we were going to get the happy ending at WrestleMania. No. Nope. No, we didn't. And it went, it went on forever. But anyway, um, still good stuff. Um, you, you, there's a couple there that you just kind of bring into my mind where, you know, like, I mean, like the throwbacks. Um, there's a lot of them where you've had the random unions and stuff like that on TV. But The ones that only last like a week or two, like Trish and Rock. Remember that one? Well, kiss? Well, Rock, Rock kissed the hell out of that woman. <laughs> Did he? And I, I don't know if you remember, it's because he saved her yes. right, from Vince the, the week prior. I believe it was the Kiss My Ass Club stuff. Yeah. And uh, see, look how encyclopedic we are, SP3. I haven't got Wikipedia to hand here. And... Uh, and he walked in the locker room. She thanked him. And he kissed the hell out of that woman. Like, it wasn't just, you know, if they said, they basically said, Rock, you got one take. And he was like, you're damn right. I got one take. And he, he did that. He did that shit. He did. Um, but yeah, the, the <laughs> Zack Ryder, Cena, and... Um, Eva Torres. Yeah, Zack Ryder got the raw end of the deal, didn't he? Oh man, that's that's when the whole writer writer movement died, man. I don't want. I didn't even want to remember that one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, Kane's pushing him off the stage. I'm sure Zach will get some payback. Nope. No. Should have been Zach Ryder versus Kane at WrestleMania, so Zach yes. could get his revenge back. But no, they was like, no. Now, now Kane's moved on to Randy Orton. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow, that was that was like ice cold as well. Like, and Cena. Like meant to be the biggest baby face in the company. It's just, he's, you know, he's just grabbing women off Zack Ryder now, and like that's still that was still wasn't enough to turn the man. Yeah. Wasn't enough. They were like they're booing him anyway. Just having grab Eve Torres. Like oh, God damn it. Uh, anyway, the final ultra chat that we have here is from Mark. Hey guys from Fidget, Ontario, Canada. Mark, this is becoming a uh, a recurrence, and I like it. I like it very much. I hope all is well with you both. Regarding the greatest wrestling couple, my question is. Who do you think is the greatest wrestling couple of the 21st century thus far? I still like Randy Savage and Elizabeth. I mean, the 21st century rules them out, does it not? Yeah, yeah, because right. I think that's from 2009. Turn of the millennium. I mean, it's got to be Stefan Trips for me. Um, oh. Probably. Uh, I mean, we're talking about, like, greatest in terms of, like, what they did. I assume, you know, technically... Decorating wise, it's Seth and Becky. <laughs> they are two world champs right there. Can't get, can't beat that. Um, it's got to be Trips and and Steph, isn't it? Yeah, say so Trips and Steph or the Golden Lovers. That that would be my 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 two choices for best wrestling couples of the twenty first century. I'm trying to think if there is there anyone else I would I would put in there. 
Nah, I can't I can't think of anybody. Edge Edge and Vicky is a good that was a good shout by you. I think that that's the one that I think would be the best comparison to Triple H and Stephanie. For people that were that didn't live through that in the Attitude Era, I think that they lived through it through Edge and Vicky. So yes. that'd be the best comparison. Yeah, that's a very good shout. Right, that, it's nine o'clock. We're going to finish on time for once. Uh, it's not usual for us, but we're going to do it. Uh, thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in once again to this edition of Alex McCarthy's Wrestling Daily. My boy SB3 is now at 1K. So make sure you go and check out his YouTube channel, True Hill Heat. Super easy to find. You can see with his handle up there. He's on Twitter, but make sure you hit it up on YouTube as well, guys. So thank you so much for joining us. I'll be back. Tomorrow with Steph Chase. I'm back to work tomorrow. It's all SB3. I'm back. I'm doing nice. something. I'm talking to Triple H, the head of Takeover. I'm doing an interview on Friday. The comeback is on. All right? The comeback You're doing is on. it, man. Oh, one last couple. Stephanie Chase and Switchblade Jay White. That is, that's a good couple. That is. Uh, can't, can't argue with that. I mean... I don't think Steph would even argue with that, man. He, he, he lives there. You heard that shit? He lives yeah, there. Um, anyway, thank you so much for joining us, guys. I will be back tomorrow. SB3 will be back next Wednesday at 8 p.m. And we will see you then. Bye-bye. It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.